Friday, and welcome to the Great Lakes Sports Network Michigan State Podcast. I am Tyler Hayward. Be sure to check us out on Anchor, Apple Podcast, and Spotify. Be sure to like the Facebook page as well as get all of our other content. Wings and Pistons should be coming up. We got our NFL betting podcast to cover three that we dropped on Wednesday. So be, so be sure to check that out for this week's games. Just don't pay any attention. Game's over. B, I lost anyways. Uh, Ryan McCumber and Mike Sterner got the Detroit Lions stuff that should be dropping tonight um, as they talk about which dead bodies they're going to have to fill in for their offense. Um, I know we talked with Thomas right yesterday. You can get that interview on the Facebook page as well. And look, we're going to talk a little bit of basketball here. I know it's still technically football season. I'm not just trying to turn the page early because the football team sucks right now. Um, but I'm excited about this team. You know, there was grind week a couple weeks ago. His own camp out tonight. Practice started this week. So uh, we had to bring in someone special. Uh, he hasn't been on the show in a minute. So I appreciate him taking the time to do this. He is an author, a Final Four member, Big Ten champion. He is a fantasy football champion temporarily as well, uh, even though he's about to catch a massive L this weekend. Anthony Iani, how you doing today, brother? Doing good, Tyler. You must acknowledge the champ, sir. Acknowledge me. Hey, I told you I would. I said fantasy football <laughs> champion. I never said it would be, you know, in a uh, – Soon to be over manner. So, <laughs> <laughs> never say never, brother. Never say uh-huh. never. <laughs> oh, hey, but I appreciate you coming out. Uh, let's kind of break this down chronologically in a certain extent. You know, let's start with Grind Week. That was a couple weeks ago. That was during the Akron game. Um, you know, from what I've read, this was something kind of initiated by Travis Walton. Talk. Talk about Grind Week, uh, what that means, um, other schools running that, if any other schools do anything like that. Uh, you know, I'll let you have the floor. Well, I can tell you for a fact, Tyler, that no other schools do that. Like not, the Dukes, Kentuckys, the Michigans, and the Yukons of the world, like, no, they, they don't do what Travis Walden and Austin Thornton, you know, put together. And, and it was something that, that it's only the second year they've been doing that. And so I, I got a chance to kind of witness a little bit last year what it was all about and you know, this year with my schedule, I decided I was going to go out there Thursday, Friday and, you know, just get a lift, you know, get a workout in with those guys in the weight room and just and then just watch them do the basketball workouts. Even though I even though I had a couple of guys ask me to get in, I'm like, no, nah, I don't want to embarrass anybody with, uh, you know, a couple of jump shots to the face. Um, and I don't want to embarrass anybody doing that. Um, but um, but just like how they all put it together. So, like, guys get in like Wednesday night, Thursday night or Friday morning and they go through a workout, you know, Travis Walton puts the workouts together and he, and he has his team, you know, work out the pro guys. And then they do open gym with our guys right afterwards. So it just how it was all organized and put together. And then on top of the fact, Tyler, I mean, you had Draymond's hall of fame induction that Friday night, which was, it was so darn special to be a proud of, to be a part of, excuse me, because just watching him, watching your own teammate go into your alma mater's Hall of Fame like that, it really is special um, because it's somebody who, you know, not, not only was a teammate of mine for three years, but has been a friend of mine for over a decade. And just getting the opportunity to watch him, watch Day Day get, in, get honored like that and for a lot of us to be there and a part of it, it really truly was special. And just just the weekend in general, just seeing a lot of guys I haven't seen in a minute and, you know, just dealing with the stuff that I got going on in my life right now, like being able to be a part of that Spartan family and that Spartan tradition again, like 
it, it really takes it really puts a lot of things in perspective of how much you know no matter what you got going on in your life that you know you know you could definitely tell the difference between you know relative and you know family and definitely the Spartan family we're all not related or anything like that but you could definitely tell it's one of the strongest families not just in in all of you know college athletics but maybe in all of sports as well and I, I love the grind week idea, man. <laughs> I thought that was so great to see everybody come back, you know, a couple of years ago. And, uh, just that build up, you know, you've got Jaron Jackson, who's a budding NBA star. You got mm-hmm. Draymond Green, who's a future Hall of Famer. And those guys coming back. And when you see those types of guys come back on campus, you know, Mateen Cleaves, uh, you know, you got national champions. Uh, Steve Smith was there. Obviously, he's got mm-hmm. a little bit more of a vested interest in the team the last couple seasons, and will right. this season as well with his kid playing. But you you see that type of stuff, and you see the legends of Michigan State, and you see these guys who are NBA legends or going to be NBA legends, and it it just really opens up the recruiting thing, I think, as well when. Uh, it's advertised in the way that it is and the way Tom Izzo uses it. Oh, no question. I mean, I mean, if you look at the, the recruiting class he's got this year uh, coming in next year, I mean, I mean, those guys were there on Saturday playing with our guys. And, you know, I know Garrick was there on Friday working out too. And, you know, everybody was saying how he's, he's a McQuaid 2.0, which, you know, I would have to say he might be a little bit more athletic than, you know, Cueto was. I mean, that's nothing against Cueto. I love Matt, but like, there's obviously, you know, you know, something in the water when it comes to, uh, you know, Texas athletics, whether it be basketball or football. So, but just getting the opportunity to watch some of those guys play and, you know, kind of interact with them. I mean, it's a really big deal. And obviously, you know, for recruits to come back during reunion weekend and meet guys like Draymond, like Steve Smith, um, you know, even like Jaron Jackson, Xavier Tillman, guys who are currently on the grind in the league right now. I mean, that's a big deal to those recruits because they want to interact with those guys and get to know the lay of the land when it comes to Michigan State. And, you know, and obviously just being a part of the workouts and seeing what, you know, potential, you know, opportunities they have, you know, if they do come to Michigan State and what the workouts will be like. Yeah, um, the Izzo camp out is tonight. We're recording this on a Friday. Uh, talk about that from a player's perspective. Because, Dude. I mean, everybody knows, <laughs> everybody knows what it's like uh, as, you know, just a fan just waiting and hoping, you know, that you can uh, get his own tickets for that. But what's it like from a player's perspective? It's a lot of fun, man. Just like, because like you really do appreciate, you know, how hardcore our student section really is. And, you know, the years that I got to be a part of, um, that I got to be a part of the his own camp out, you know, number one, like I met a lot of good friends of mine that I'm still friends with to this day. Um, I remember my second year, I ended up playing, you know, touch football, you know, five on five touch football with, you know, a group of guys that who I end up becoming really good friend, good friends with and still are to this day. And it's just about making the memories with our students and, you know, them being able to interact with us and not, not see us at our, you know, in our element, if you will, because they see us all the time on the basketball court and they're in the stands, but they never get to interact with us as much as they want to off the court. And I think the one thing, Tyler, I took a lot of pride in at Michigan State was, you know, during pregame, you know, I would, I would always go to the scores table and just stretch out, you know, you know, my hamstrings, just, you know, do whatever. And I would interact with the students in the student section because, you know, I saw Rasheed Wallace do that, you know, when he was with the Pistons, I think it was my sophomore year of high school. Like he just was 
in the huddle. And then like, as the huddle was still going on, he made his way over to the scores table and just started yucking it up with a bunch of, you know, piston workers and fans. I was like, that's really cool. Like I want, I, I would love to do that one day. And so, you know, and, and a lot of that was because of the is own camp out, you know, getting to interact with those students and continue to interact with them after that. It was a lot of fun. And there were nights where I stayed, I, I stayed with the students till like one o'clock in the morning. Cause I had too much fun with it. So, you know, I, you know, the, the his own students get a real good kick out of it, but honestly, man, like I think for as a former player, from a player's perspective, I think us players really get a lot more out of it just because of the interactions we get with those uh, his own students. And let's uh, turn our attention to this year. We'll kind of do a position by position, um, which is really difficult considering you got so many guys that are uh, potentially going to be playing a few different positions this right. season. So, you know, I'm, I put this together, best of my ability, you know, we'll obviously see what the rotation looks like uh, when the season gets underway. Let's start with the biggest question mark, though, and that's center. You have uh, ultimately three centers. Joey Hauser will be able to play that in uh, smaller situations, but you have three centers and uh, Carson Cooper, who um, at the initial thoughts were he was going to redshirt. That's not the case anymore. And it could be a depth thing. Could be he's a lot more athletic than Izzo thought, which is uh, something that he mentioned. And then you have uh, the two guys who may be starting at that position um, in Jackson Kohler and Mady Sissoko, and they both provide something different. Yeah, they do. And I, honestly, I think how it's going to go, uh, Tyler, is I think Mady Sissoko will probably be the guy that starts the season off. But I think once as the season goes on, like I wouldn't be surprised if Jackson Kohler is the one that you know, it ends up being the starter. And I, I wouldn't if sleep. He play defense. Yeah, if he could play defense, which we'll find out early on if he can or not. But, you know, I think a lot of people are sleeping on Carson Cooper a little bit because, like, I've, I saw him, you know, in workouts, and he looked really good. Like, he's super athletic. He's long. And so, you know, and again, like, this is a kid who probably could have been a high four-star recruit, but he got hurt. And, you know, it was during the COVID years too, where he didn't have a season. So it kind of really hurt him in a lot of ways, but just like how long he is and how athletic he is. Like I can see why coaches on the other coaches would have a tough time, you know, deciding whether or not to redshirt him, but they're going to need bodies too. I mean, if you think about it, I mean, you only got technically three true centers. And then obviously you have, um, you have Joey Hauser who could play anywhere from the three, four, five position. So, but I think right now I see Mati Sissoko being the starter. And if, you know, if Jackson Kohler is well ahead of the game, you know, and he's good defensively, you know, I could see him taking that starting spot later down the road too. Yeah, that that's kind of, kind of what I'm thinking. Because Sissoko, he, he, he kind of came on at the end of last year offensively. You know, yeah. defensively, he, he is what he is. He's, given his athleticism, to me he seems a little underwhelming defensively. Because I was expecting, you know, someone who's just going to get up and block everything. Mm-hmm. But um, he's not that guy. He stays in front of you. He's going to make you work. But uh, he, he's not going to turn your shots, at, you know, at a, you know, I would like to be for a guy with his athleticism and his quickness and um, all the stuff that comes with that. So, it's going to be interesting to see how he developed, especially offensively, because, you know, if we talked about if Kohler can develop defensively, he could take that job. Well, if Mady developed offensively, he may hold on to it. Agreed. Agreed. And, and just like watching him in open gym, like, 
he's just so long. Like I, I thought, I thought, um, I thought Edong Ibak ID. I thought ID had long arms, but Mari Suzoko has maybe longer arms than ID had because it, they're just kind of like go go gadget arms. You know, you throw the ball up to him and he's going to go get it at, at its highest peak. And so, you know, if, if Mari c- continues to develop, you know, as he's been the whole summer, and I mean. Let's be honest. He, he's he's strong as an ox, man. Like he's he's a very strong individual, and he and he's always held his own against some of the best big men in the Big Ten over the last couple of years. So, so I'm not really worried about that defensively. So if he really comes on offensively, I mean, I don't I don't see him ever giving up that starting spot. You know, if he if Coach Izzo goes with him being the starter to start off the season. Yeah, and uh, you know it's interesting because he was considered the better recruit out of him and Hunter Dickinson, mm-hmm. and so if. But the thing is, he was just so raw. If he starts to develop, if he starts to develop that, I think we're going to start to see why. Uh, I'm not saying he's going to be better than Hunter. That's not what I'm saying. But uh, you know, he he can uh, be the guy on a Michigan State team that can make Hunter work. And uh, I think that's uh, obviously something Michigan State's going to need power forwards. All right, this is a really long uh, group of uh, players that are going to be. Uh, playing so just bear with me as i uh, mention all these guys joey hauser i mean i think he has <laughs> I, I, honestly i mean obviously that's the lone one we got um but in all in all honestly tyler i mean this is kind of his time to shine i mean he's lost a lot of weight in the offseason he's built now and so you know i think there's probably less pressure on there's less pressure on off of him this season because I think he just needs to go out and play ball. And obviously you could tell at times that there was times that happened. And then there are times where he kind of got in his own head a little bit. So, but I mean, he definitely, you know, any, any time I've seen him practice, he looks like a top 10 pick. He looks like a top 10 pick. And obviously when it gets to the game time, it's a little bit different. So, but there's a reason why he came back this year. Cause I think he has some unfinished business. I think he has something to prove not only to himself, but I think to a lot of other people too, that, you know what, I can play and I'm pretty, I'm pretty damn good. So I, I, I'm excited to see what Joey does this year and whether it's at the four, it's at the center, it's at the, you know, at the three spot, wherever it is. I think, I think Joey Howes is going to have a, one heck of a year and surprise a lot of people. Uh, I think he is too. He, the second half of last season, something happened. I don't know what it was. I know you said you reached out to him. I don't know if it was that. I, but he got good defensively, and yeah, he, he was where he needed to be defensively. And obviously, his offensive game just started to hum along. Uh, I think throughout the course of the season, yeah, he had games where he missed a ton of shots, but he wasn't just you know terrible with the possession of the ball and all that other stuff that. Look, I mean, I'll be honest, you and I have had numerous shows where we've completely dogged him. And I think that uh, for, I think his improvement last year, it's got me excited for what he can bring to the table this season. I definitely agree with you, man. And I really do think that as long as he continues to play good defense like he did last year, um, and obviously go out and you know, hit some big shots and, you know, continue to do great things off on the offensive end rebound. Obviously he's right now, he's the best rebounder of the team, you know, going forward until somebody else takes that, you know, that, that throne from him, if you will. But I really do think that, you know, maybe outside of AJ Hogarth, like I really do think like Joey Howard's ceiling may be one of the highest on the team this year. 
Yeah, and uh, well, well, he he's up there with a couple of other people that we'll talk about in a few. Uh, these two guys might be playing power forward a little bit, pending, uh, like we said, matchups and size differentials. One of them might be playing the two, uh, Malik Hall and Pierre Brooks. Brooks killed it at Moneyball. He averaged like 342 points a game or something like that. And we all know what Malik Hall brings to the table. Uh, talk about those guys. I mean, obviously, I, this is Malik. This is it for Malik, man. I mean, I really do think that, um, you know, based on what we saw last year, he had games where he was unstoppable, and then he had games that were that you were just like, you know, he faded. What is yeah, he faded a little bit. Um, you know, so I'm definitely interested to see, you know, how he reacts to that and how he responds to it because I, I, I mean, if he if he can go nonstop, you know, how he played against. You know, if he uh, how he played against Loyola, how he played against um, God, I can't think. Of, uh, there's another game I'm thinking of. I can't think of off the top of my head. But there were games where he played very, very well, and then just faded away the next week. So it's got to be on a consistent base with, basis with him. And Pierre Brooks, I mean, I'm excited to watch him play. He's definitely changed his body. Yeah, I mean, he's lost a lot of weight. He's gained some good weight. Yeah, because he had that Carmelo baby fat on him last year. Yeah, he he did, he did. <laughs> and so now I'm interested to see, you know, what he brings to the table. And if he can be that, you know, that high school player that everybody saw, you know, watch go off for the full year, which we all know he has the capability to do that. So he, he's he's one of the guys on my list of players I'm really excited to watch this year. Yeah, he's he, he's interesting. He can be that shooter. He knocked down a couple contested shots that, you know, I it was one of those types of shots where you don't think Izzo's giving him the green light to do it. Um, just in regards to how it was contested, he was able to knock him down. Uh, he, if he can start doing that a little consistent, I want to see him run the floor a lot better. But uh, I, I think you got a good group right there. I, I really do. And if Hall can, you know, develop his ball handling to where it's not just that one move where he gets at the top of the key, uh, dribbles left hesitates, crosses over to his right, and then tries to speak move back to his left. Because I've seen that so many times. It became predictable at the end of the year, and people were easily contesting it the second he started to go into that crossover. They would just crowd him in the paint, and he'd turn it over. And just be a wing. I want to see him make that jump. We've heard about it for two years. He's got to do it this year. Yeah, um, absolutely, man. And just, just go in there with straight up you know, confidence and, and getting it done. So, um, again, I'm excited to see how he does this year. Tyson Walker, Jaden Akins at the two. Um, Akins coming off your uh, annual <laughs> annual stress fracture that uh, gets blessed <laughs> to at least one Spartan a year. Um, Walker might – I mean, these two guys – are the two guys you look at them, they might be the only two guys who can create their own shots on this team. Um, and you may see lineups where uh, you have Hogarth playing point and Walker more or less being designated as a three, but then Hogarth obviously covers the three on the other end because he did that with guys like Desumu and Jaden Ivey already throughout the course of the last couple seasons. But these two guys... They can both score, and Jay Nakins, to me, you said Hauser might be the best rebounder on the team. I think inch for inch, it's Jay Nakins. 
I, I definitely agree with you on that. And obviously when it comes from, you know, an athletic standpoint too, I mean, just, you know, Jay Nakins is the whole package. Um, you know, Tyson Walker, I mean, we know what Tyson is. I'm interested to see if he can, you know, really step up the game this year with his shooting and then his three-point shooting ability too because we all know he's a very good shooter. But I'm also interested to see, you know, if at the end of the day, you know, if he can really continue to be that defensive stopper. I, I really don't think we saw the real Tyson Walker last year that Northeastern had because I think right. Tyson was just was just trying to learn the system a little bit and get to know, you know, the Big Ten Conference. So now that he's had a full year under his belt, I think he's going to have a very good year as well. Um, and again, Jay Nakins, you know, from, from what I was told, you know, he – he put he pushed his workouts a little too hard, which is you know which was the result of the stress fracture. So, but I mean he's he's put a lot of pressure on himself to make sure that you know he steps up his game this year and becomes that player that everybody thinks he can be. And so, again, like I think I think he's going to be a big big difference this year for Michigan State. And you know him and Tyson Walker have the chance to be potentially the one best do duo you know combo punch at the at the shooting guard position. Yeah, I, I absolutely love Jay Nakins. He might be my favorite player on the team because I just saw so much potential in him last year. Mm-hmm. And then obviously we know what Tyson Walker can do. He he was kind of like Cassius last year. He, he didn't impress me with his on-the-ball defense, but his off-the-ball defense, he, he was just in every passing lane that you could possibly imagine. And, you know, that Northeastern Tyson Walker, that's somebody who – you know, locks down on ball too. And so uh, I'm hoping that, like you said, we, we get to see uh, full Tyson this year. Yeah, uh, definitely. I, I agree. Point guard Walker might be playing, playing it at first. I think this is kind of going to be like a, uh, I mean, let's just go to the one of the more memorable teams in school history, kind of like the 2000 season where it's a situation where, you know, Cleveland down, Charlie Bell handled the point, and you just brought in this athletic freak of nature off the bench to play the two-guard spot. And Jason Richardson, uh, this might be a situation. Hogger goes to the bench, Walker moves to point, and then you play Akins in kind of like a three-man rotation. But you also have a talented recruiting, Trayvon Holloman coming in. Um, Hogard, I'm, I'm going to say this, man. You and I talked about it, where Tyson Walker was great off-ball defensively. A.J. Hogard can shut down anybody in the conference. Yep. One through three. His off-the-ball defense, I think, needs a little work. Uh, he just needs to be more aware, I think, of where his man is, where the ball is, and to be able to dig and recover. But you and I had a conversation uh, after the season where we said A.J. Hogard might be the best point guard in America if he developed any semblance of a jumper. Did you see that at Grind Week? I, I did. And he definitely has developed a heck of a lot more to his game than just a jump shot. So it's going to be – he's definitely changed his body. He has slimmed down. He's more muscular. You know, he lost a lot of that baby fat that he had the last couple of years. So, I mean, he ha- A.J. Hogarth has the potential to be one, of the, be one of the top point guards in the conference this year, um, especially with the way he's shooting. And obviously that's just open gym. That's just workouts. You know, it's not against – you know, it's not against actual opponents or anything like that. So, but, you know, from what I saw and, like, from what I've seen, like, he has the potential to be one of the best in the conference this year. So that's why I'm just excited to see, you know, what kind of a year that he has overall. And, uh, 
like we said, Holloman's there. He gives you a little bit of that length. He'll be able to provide good defense as well. The one thing that I want to see out of Hogarth besides the jumper, I want to see that pit bull mentality. I want to see him get in people's faces like a Travis Wallen or a Mateen Cleaves would because mm-hmm. I kind of see him like a Mateen Cleaves, just bigger, stockier, pushes the ball with like reckless abandon to an extent, just so fast and looks for any passes, that he, outlets that he can make. Um, not the best jumper in the world, but he he's also got that leadership potential as well, I think. I don't know why we haven't seen it. I think if we see it, this could be a really, really good team, and I think it all rests on his shoulders. No, I definitely agree with you, and and he knows that too. He knows that going into the season, and so and I think he's up for that challenge. So, I mean, so we're definitely going to see a different A.J. Hogarth than what we've seen, you know, in a very, very long time. And, uh, look, this group on paper, it's probably not the most talented group. It's definitely not the most talented we've seen in the Azo years. This schedule, however, might be yeah. the toughest. Yep. You open with Northern Arizona. You have your Christmas breaks that every major university takes, and you play teams that, you know, you should be undefeated against. Uh, you got Brown, Oakland, and Buffalo, but Brown, I mean, Oakland is hit and miss. Buffalo's not the greatest. Uh, Brown, I don't really know too no, much about them. <laughs> but but you, so you have your, uh, you know, the Christmas break SEC football schedule. Hey, Chattanooga, come down, get your butt whooped. But in between Northern Arizona and those three games and uh, the conference season, you have Gonzaga, Kentucky, Villanova, Alabama in the PK-80 tournament, which is an absolutely loaded field. I didn't get the rest of the teams in there, but it's stacked. And then you come down to my neck of the woods and you play in South Bend. This Oy. schedule is brutal. <laughs> yep. <laughs> is, is this a team to be doing this? Like This, this seems like the toughest schedule is I've ever put together especially for a coach who any time, anyone, any time, any place, any planet, whatever. Oh, I mean, honestly, Tyler, I mean, part of me thinks – part there's a part of me that says, yes, absolutely, feed them to the wolves. Let's see how they respond. You know, they'll get better as every game goes on. But then there's also another part of me that's like, eh, you know, you could have scheduled, you know, a few – not. Not 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 saying you go Michigan football around here and schedule some cupcakes, but like maybe you like put a couple more home games up on the schedule and see. What's what a Moni Bates and Eastern doing? Uh, Is well, it too soon for that, Joe? Well, I mean, he's probably not going <laughs> to be playing at all, so I don't think it would matter. Yeah. But um, yeah, but um, <laughs> but I mean, if you look at yeah, you know, I go back to my senior year. Um, obviously, we played in the aircraft carrier. We played we played um, uh, we played North Carolina. And then yep. th- three days later, we went out east to New York and we played Duke. But if you really look at our schedule, I mean, it was Duke, North Carolina, and then we had uh, games that we had like a five, six game home stretch for a while. Uh, we brought back like the Spartan Classic for like one time. It was like University of Milwaukee and like, um, God, I can't remember the other team we played, but like it was Thanksgiving weekend or whatever. Like we didn't go to a Maui tournament. Izzo is didn't have us, you know, out in. Atlantic City or anything like that. But then a week later, we play Florida State in, um, in the ACC Big Ten Challenge at home. And Florida State won- 
Florida State won bad. They ended up winning the, the ACC tournament that year, if I remember. Um, they were they had a very good team that year. So that was kind of a toss-up. And then then we have, like, North Carolina – or not North Carolina, sorry. Um, University of Missouri, Kansas City. And then we go out to Gonzaga. So I guess we somewhat had a tough schedule that year. But, like, I mean, if you look at what Coach Is did between the Duke game and the Florida State game, like, he put some teams in there that were competitive. But, like – Games where we can get better as a team as a whole. And so, I mean, it it doesn't surprise me that he is basically throwing, you know, everything but the kitchen sink at this team this year when it comes to scheduling. But I think he wants to see what kind of team he has. You know, can he run with Gonzaga for a little bit? Can he run with Kentucky? Can he run with Alabama? Can he run with um, Notre Dame? So it's going to be some good tests for these teams. And, and, And I would advise, you know, Michigan State fans, if they lose a few of those games, like, don't get upset. Don't get mad. And don't be like, oh, you know, Coach Isla should have done this, should have done that. But, like, no, like, continue to support this team because there's going to be a lot of ups and downs, especially in the beginning with the schedule they got. So, but, again, like, the schedule he put together is to see where his team is, how tough they are mentally and physically, and can they compete with the big boys when it comes to um, later on down the road in March. Yep, and uh, there's – like just a couple things that I want to add to that. Uh, this isn't football. <laughs> you don't live and die with every loss. Right, exactly. So, you know, just look at it as a way for your teams to get better. Um, now, if they quit, that might be a little bit of an issue. Right. But this group, I mean, look, I obviously laid out the playing rotation. Um, maybe Sissoko is seasoned, even though he hasn't played a ton. He's mm-hmm. a junior, right? Yep. Um. Joey Hauser is incredibly seasoned. He's about your age. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Malik Malik Hall is seasoned. Tyson Walker is seasoned. Jaden Akins is a kid who can handle the pressure. Mm -hmm. Um, A.J. Hogart is seasoned. This is a group that can take a loss, I think, and come back the next game and not have it affect them. And so, you know, at first I saw the schedule and I was like, oh, gosh, this kind of sucks. And then I look at it and I'm just, and then I put together, you know, the playing rotation. Cause look, I didn't put Witten's Davis Smith or, you know, Steven Izzo or whatever on here, but I put together a playing rotation. I'm like, you know what? They got guys who can take lumps and get better. Yep. They've got guys who have taken lumps and have gotten better. So I'm excited about, that part. Plus, I think it's a weaker Big Ten than what you normally get. I mean, there might be some teams that surprise us and you're just like, oh, I didn't think they were going to be that good. But this this is a weaker Big Ten as well. And so I think the combination of those things is only going to make this team better at the end. No, I totally agree with you. And like you said, it, when you look at the Big Ten, I mean, I, I really don't know who is really the top team this year i mean maybe you can argue indiana is that team i mean because trace jackson davis is my age (laughs) right exactly um so i mean so you can argue that indiana might be that team this year i mean you could argue illinois will be a competitor too i mean i mean you could say ohio state you could say michigan i mean i i don't know i don't know and i think that's why for the first time in a while you know i and this is just my opinion i think the big 10 is really up for grabs for the first time in a long time. And because the last couple of years, it was always Illinois. It was always Purdue. It was Michigan. It was Michigan. Michigan. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, so 
it's going to be interesting to see how the conference plays out this year. Because, again, there's not that one team in the Big Ten that just goes – that you look at, stands out, and goes, oh, my God, like, these guys are unbeatable. Like, how are you going to beat them? Like, you know, a.k.a., you know, Purdue from – you know, last year when they had all those big guys, you know, and they look unstoppable for a while, but then they take a couple losses. <laughs> yep, exactly. So, I mean, so you, you never know. You really never know what is going to happen in the Big Ten. But I think, again, personally, in my opinion, I think it's the most wide open the conference has been in a long time. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I'm, ex- I'm excited for that, but I'm excited for this season to start mostly so I can get the taste of football out of my mouth. Amen. Uh, Amen, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Who you got? I think it's Maryland by seven and a half. Oh, I, you know me, man. You know me. I never pick against Michigan State, so I got to go with the Spartans this week. It's it's supposed to rain, so you can't throw a football when the ball's when the ball's wet and soggy. But you could definitely run the ball. So, which is really unfortunate the way Berger and Broussard have played the last couple weeks. This is very true. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, Anthony, you know, thanks thanks for coming on again. Uh, you know, on a Hear the Maryland preview. You can go back and listen to yesterday's show. We had Thomas Wright on, uh, former Michigan State safety. Anthony, thanks for coming on talking Michigan State basketball. Really appreciate it. For Anthony Ianni, I'm Tyler Hayward. This is Great Lake Sports Network, Michigan State Podcast.